0: Hey everyone, it's Dom. Thanks for checking out the clubhouses. You thought Fred had time to record an intro this week? It's opening day. He's director of Morale. He's got a lot of other things going on. It's Adam, VP Morale, t-shirt guy, and I guess now podcast producer. Don't worry, it's not me on this episode. I'm just here to intro what we have going on this week. We start off with the Monday clubhouse room about Rizzo's extension talks. Followed by Fred's legendary opening day morale video to take us into opening day. Thanks for listening in. Make sure to tune into next week's clubhouse and be a part of the conversation. Happy opening day, everyone! and Four.
1: I, I'll be honest with everyone. I had known about this for a couple, uh, a couple days now. When the first, um, when the first news came out about talks between Rizzo and the club, uh, I was told pretty early on that pretty much a deal wasn't going to get done, considering how far off the team was. I know John Heyman talked about it. Um, I know, I think actually he might've been the only person who reported at the time. Then Cap reported it. And then just as more information came out, uh, um, you know, I thought today was a good time to tweet about it, but overall, I mean, I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts, uh, within the, whatever, 25 minutes we do this, uh, before Adam and I have to leave. But overall, I think everyone can agree. Today's kind of a sucky day. The news that the team, I mean, more or less doesn't really want to negotiate. And whether you want to call it good spirit or uh, just have honest negotiations, considering the lowball offer that he got to what I've been told, it was basically half of what, uh, around half of what Goldschmidt got. If you know what I'm talking about, I think he got five years, $130 million. Uh, When you look at the numbers, Goldschmidt is... Objectively, even though he's a cardinal, he's had a better career. I think he has a uh, F-war that's 10, 10 wins more than Rizzo uh, overall. But when you're looking at it overall, I mean, I we shouldn't even have to make this argument. If you're not going to extend Anthony Rizzo, if you aren't going to give Anthony Rizzo a contract extension, and you're going to lowball him right off the bat, I get negotiations. I understand it. You're not just going to give in at the beginning. But considering all the players that are up for free agency and uh, really for when you're thinking about Wilson Contreras next year as well, I mean, I just don't know how you can really justify that action to me. And I know I just tweeted it, but early on, my initial thoughts are, or after I've been thinking about the last couple of days, if you're a player in that clubhouse and you see that Anthony Rizzo is getting lowballed, how do you feel if you're, you know, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, even someone lower on the totem pole who still is a productive player on this team. You know, Wilson Contreras, I mean, he's not lower on the totem pole, but you get what I'm saying. I think it set a really bad precedent for the rest of the team. And I totally understand. And I know there's probably going to be some people in here that are going to agree with what I'm about to say is you don't necessarily have to extend everyone. But there are still players on this team that are very worthy of that extension and worthy of staying a Chicago Cub and still have a lot of years left, a lot of productive years left. And I think if Anthony Rizzo is one of them, everyone would agree. So the fact that they did low ball him, the fact that it was basically half of what Goldschmidt was, wasn't fair market at all. There wasn't any, like, semblance of, like, hey, like, we're going to throw you a bone here after you took the 41 million back in whatever it was, 2012 or 2013 is disheartening. I'm not going to lie. I am down about it. I am not like here to say that it's all fun and dandy. It's why I've been talking about it at length for what's it been? Um, I don't know, months, almost years. The fact that this has been such a crucial time. I felt like I was repeating myself and repeating myself over and over again. And no one was talking, talking about it about, if an extension doesn't get done, you're looking at now, Anthony Rizzo said it today. He doesn't want to negotiate during the season. Javi Baez has said it in the past. I know he might have changed his mind. He doesn't always want to negotiate during the season. Chris Bryant. I mean, if you're Chris Bryant right now, you might as well just – I mean, the 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 chances of him getting re-signed, that's down the river, man. That's gone. I'm not, I'm not saying for sure, but if, re, if Anthony Rizzo is getting re-signed, what is Chris Bryant supposed to feel? I mean – there's ramifications to all of this, and it's one of those you don't see this a lot. I mean, I know the bad, bad news got traded and John Lester didn't get re-signed, but this is like one of those like big time days where it kind of like hits you in the face, and you're like, God bless, man. It's and it's it's hard to c You actually, I'll say it for sure, you can't come back from something like this. Um, and especially to start off the negotiations like this, and the fact that this is being done right before the season just sucks. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to sugarcoat it. It just sucks. We have the game on thir- opening day on Thursday, and the fact that you know we have to deal with this, and Anthony Rizzo has to deal with this, and all the players have to deal with this, and they're thinking about themselves, saying, "Man, wh- where do I stand with this team?" Truly, it's not great, and we've seen it consistently. It's a trend. Uh, especially over this last offseason and, and uh, previous off seasons, It's tough. I hate it, and uh, I know I just went on a long rant there, but that is my cold and honest thoughts about what's going on with this team right now, and I'd love to hear what everyone else has to say.
0: It's opened up. Everyone can raise their hands and, and chime in with their two notes. The interesting thing is this clubhouse room has been talking about this conversation has been by like half of the clubhouse room every time, just extensions and treating our star players like star players. Yeah.
1: It's, it's nothing new. I mean, it's straight. Like, this is what I've been focused on for again, like months, years, whatever, because when you reach to this standpoint and now you're going into a year with three guys unsigned and very well, I mean, you're talking about July depending on what's going on, all three of those guys could now be on the trade block. It's just a fact. Other bigger stars have been traded before. And again, if and again, you're going to lowball a guy right now, what, what is to say that now they can't get traded? I mean, it's a tough day. I'm not going to lie. It's a tough day. I'd like to hear what you all have to say.
0: Mike, you're next up.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. Can you, can you hear me okay? Yeah. So, first of all, the morale shirts are fantastic so thank you fred and thank you adam thank they you. are they are just top top notch
1: um, Appreciate
2: it. I, I i think you made a really good point about just how other guys are feeling in the clubhouse about about all this and i, I know you have a pretty uh, a growing relationship with ian Hap. i don't know if that's something that you would discuss at all i, I don't i don't know how close you guys are now but you, you have to think that i mean the the guys, I mean, how are they going to play hard for for an owner like this if they constantly see, you know, someone like Rizzo? You think that he's going to be a Cub for life, right? And and you think, God, yes. I mean, if if I can't even get uh, if Rizzo can't even get an extension, like what the heck am I doing? Now, obviously, you know, it's not like a hundred years ago when you know they go out and throw games. I'm mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. But it's like, you know, you, you go out and you're just like, okay, I'm 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 a Cub, and now I'm going to have to uproot my family here in, in two years, three years, something like that, you know? And and you know, obviously they'll they'll try to you know play their hardest for you know, to get a new contract somewhere else, but it's got to be somewhat discouraging to know that, you know, you know, my, my long-term future uh, isn't, isn't with the Cubs. So I don't know how close you are with Ian or or any of the other guys, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that, but thank you for the t-shirts again. That's uh, that's all I'll uh, hang up and listen.
1: You got it, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can say this for sure. And there is no conjecture here there. I am not, I am not like trying to fib it or anything at all. This off season has definitely hurt the relationship between ownership, the front office, and the players. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It's why I've been trying to say for so long, something has to get done. You can't go into an offseason like this. You can't look. All that type of stuff. I say it for a reason. Because the rest of the players see this as an issue. Not Resigning Kyle Schwarber, not re-signing John Lester, low-balling Anthony Rizzo, how they've handled Chris Bryant, how they've handled Wilson Contreras. I get that it's business. I understand it. A lot of people don't believe me, but I look at this from an objective nature. I understand if you sign Anthony Rizzo to a $120 million contract, more likely than not, you're going to overpay for that. I get it. But... Overall, in the short term, if you front load the money, if you are just looking at it from a pure investment standpoint, you're more than not, you're going to get close to what your investment was in terms of the return. Just because of what Rizzo brings you, the social aspect, the charity aspect, his production on the field, of course, and like I said before, when you have the... These instances build up on top of one another and essentially becomes this compound problem. Yes, it absolutely does hurt the relationship from players to ownership and the fans. I'm not speaking for one part one player in particular. I'm saying overall for sure, it definitely it definitely plays a role into how a team how a player looks at a team and says, Hey, can I actually stay here long term? If I do stay here long term, if I do sign an extension, what's the chances that I'm gonna be traded? I mean, you just traded bad news. I mean, again, piling on top of what I feel like I'm not even talking about all this stuff because of everything that's gone on, and I don't mean to paint this incredibly bleak and dark picture, but the reality of it is, is this stuff matters, and it matters to a whole lot of players, and when you're not going to give it to the top dog, if you're not going to give it to Anthony Rizzo, then everyone else, like, says, well, what, what am I doing? I mean, like you said, Mike, I'm essentially pay- playing for another contract, a contract that might not be given out here in Chicago, which sucks. I'm not yet so the worst. I hate it. I hate it. It goes against everything that I believe this franchise can be and what this franchise uh, is deserving to give to the fans. Um, I hope it changes. I hope this isn't the last time we talk about this. I hope the, the story doesn't end on this note and it just plays out. And Anthony goes on his way to another team. That would be the worst, obviously. But right now, for what it's worth, especially after this whole off-season, especially after spring training, all the time they had to negotiate and find a deal for the greater good of the organization. Because I truly believe that when you sign Anthony Rizzo and you get him locked up, you get one extension down, then we can move forward. I'm not. And again, I know that doesn't suit Javi Baez's needs. I know that doesn't suit Wilson Insurance and Chris Bryant. But one, one changes the game and it gives us some type of framework for us to look forward to and unfortunately we're not going to see that before opening day which is not good
0: Garrett you're next up what's up
1: hey Dom hey Adam you guys got me yeah I got you uh Garrett awesome uh this is my first time on the clubhouse I really appreciate all you, all the work you guys do and uh been following on Twitter since day one so I'm not gonna spew about my feelings and thoughts on all of this right now, um, cause I feel like a lot of us are in the same mentality. I just, I'm curious from your guys' point of view, where does the fault uh, come into play here? Is it on Ricketts entirely? Is Hoyer any bit of the problem too? You know, is he staying silent? What do you think the uh, issue is as far as communication between the two sides is it just a lack of uh, wanting to pay, despite the fact that you're a nearly $5 billion franchise? or is there some sort of misunderstanding between the two sides? Um, I don't think there's a uh, – well, I don't want to speak for Anthony myself, but I would say the biggest thing is – I've said this before. If you've been following along, if you've been paying attention, I've said it before, man. These these front office executives in the Chicago Cubs uh, organization have been described as savages, have been described as guys who are trying to especially right now, I don't want to say nickel and dime, but it's like these guys can't catch a break at all. Going back to, you know, arbitration negotiations and uh, previous contract uh, negotiate, I mean, it, they've been savages when they're trying to come up with who's going to be on the team, what they're going to get paid. And again, I think it's hard to say. I mean, it, it, again, in the end, the, bu- the buck stops at uh, Tom Ricketts I, and, and the Ricketts family. They're the one who's making the budget. They're the ones that's deciding who's on the uh, – who, you know, what we're going to pay. Crane Kenny has a lot to do with that as well. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, and I've been someone, if you followed, I've been someone who has supported the Ricketts family, supported the business office, supported the front – I mean, I've been on the front step preaching it for these guys. But it's things like this where I just can't. When it gets to the point where I just can't make excuses for you, or if I can't justify what you're doing, it's time where you got to meet the music. And today's one of those days. The, the 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 past actions have built up to this, to where again, Tom Ricketts has to look himself in the face. I tweeted out earlier today. If you want to be the New England Patriots, and you want to, you know, make the smart decisions, and you don't always need to sign the guys to extensions, and you you make smart trades when the guys are at the the peak of their uh, uh, value. Fine, but then you have to justify it with wins. You have to justify it with playoff wins. You have to justify it with championships. And to just come out here and not spend for the last uh, three uh, free agencies. And not, you know, pay a position player since uh, Jason Hayward and Daniel Descalso, of all people. And and you don't, you know, re-sign guys in the bullpen. You, you don't bring back starters. And you don't try to add on in the key key years key formative competitive years is very very challenging uh to make excuses for and it's why i'm not doing it today it's like you eventually have to hold yourself accountable for what's going on and the fact of all these excuses whether it be marquee whether it be we don't have any money biblical losses all this type of stuff i can't do it i'm tired of the excuses i don't want to keep going on and on about you know they're doing this no, no 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 this is where an like many people would hope that I would, I would uh, be as open about it for other issues, but for this one in particular, the ramifications of lowballing your best player and that getting all that getting out to the rest of the organization and getting out to all the fans—that is a major, major. Major problem, and unfortunately, it's either Tom Ricketts doesn't have the foresight to see that this is an issue, or he doesn't care. I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what that case is. I made the argument about the the marquee. That simply, I think they're being lazy right now. I don't think they they're really putting their best foot forward to give the product to the fans that they promised. Back for that Chicago Cubs convention, I was in the audience when it happened. What do you hate about the marquee network? It's things like that. I know I'm going on a tangent right now, but to bring it all back together. The reality of the situation is, is that Tom Ricketts, the ownership group, and the front office have to look at themselves from all angles right now and say, are we really making the the right decision here? Not to necessarily appease the fans, but what precedent are you setting for the rest of the players in this organization, many of them who still have a lot of good baseball left, many of them who can be part of the next championship team? What precedent are you setting when you lowball the best player or the most impactful player on the team, the Mr. Cub of this era? What are you doing? And unfortunately, we are seeing that being played out today, and which is why a lot of players have been turned off by it, which a lot of fans are clearly turned off by it, and it's just simply a bad story compounding on all these issues that's gone on for the last, whatever, 12 to 16 months. It's not good. I'm not going to lie.
3: Thanks, Garrett. All right, I'm bringing, Adam,
0: you're going to be on next, but I'm bringing in Aaron first, who's on the front lines with the morale Supply Code Twitter page. Aaron, what's up?
3: Aaron, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? I had to make time out of my workday for this frustrating uh, Rizzo news. Kind of stole my thunder there down with uh, the Mar- uh, Marquee Network. Uh, I don't know how they're going to sell Marquee Network to the fans if you're not keeping, you know, Mr. Cub of this generation. Um, But all I was going to say is Ricketts better watch out or the morale Supply Co. is going to unleash our fury on him. And if that means getting some uh, anti-Ricketts apparel, I don't know. But he's going to have to watch out because the fact that we haven't re-signed anyone yet. I know Hendricks was three years ago, but it's frustrating, Dom. It's frustrating, man
0: fred i put you on mute really quick you're on mute now you're just uh echoing fred has no idea how to use apps it's gonna take him a while to get the unmute button aaron with the threading threatening with the merch from the twitter account is big words
3: look look i don't want to go there but it's i mean we already had the hard hats look it's just I'm, I'm going to keep talking until uh, Fred figures out. Oh, dude, you, so. you muted me. Why
1: would you mute me? This is my own stream.
3: I'm just picturing
1: hey, hey, Fred
0: I'm just picturing Fred punching his window, the not knowing. Driving,
1: <laughs> listen to what I'm doing right now. I'm driving home from work. I'm, I'm literally eating sunflower seeds right now. That's how pissed off I am. That I'm spitting it out my window. And you muted me during the middle of my stream.
0: Wouldn't, wouldn't it be doing my job. I'm producing here.
1: Absolutely ridiculous. All right, we have time for one more question.
0: Here Maybe we can do. Can we, goddamn stream. Can we can we put two more in? We got Adam and Mike that've been sitting in here. All right, Adam, next up.
4: Price. Hey, thanks guys. I appreciate it. I just wanted to point out that R- Rizzo has been underpaid for years. You go yeah. back to to fifteen, sixteen. He was making five million a year. When they signed that contract, it was incredibly team-friendly and has been Rizzo's whole career. So, look, I'm, I'm not saying overpay now because you underpaid him later, but as, like, a, a, a guy who does PR and external comms as his day job, you know, that he's skipping out on right now, yeah. you, 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 they're creating they're creating a disaster that they didn't have to create here. If this team starts out something like three and six, it is going to be super ugly if they limp out of the gate a little bit. So, you you know, Rizzo to me, and you know, I've said this on Twitter for years, you were calling him the, the Mr. Cub. This is a retire his number kind of guy. He's put in nine full seasons and this generation is going to remember him growing up. Like I remembered Sandberg, you know, I mean, he's that level of Cubs legend who was there to start the turnaround complete the damn turnaround, hoist the trophy and keep on producing. So it's it's rough. absolutely.
1: And to that point, give back the baseball that, you know, they caught the last ah, out on and did yeah. all the, the philanthropy work and again, change the organization. Yeah. And again, I know we talked about it earlier with John Lester leaving. Rizzo's tenfold of that. He was here when he was young, he was he, mm-hmm. the whole deal, man. Like, and I'm not trying to diminish what John Lester did, but like you're saying, this could been totally avoided by simply saying, "You know what, Anthony? Fine, 110 million, five years, done. That's it." And I, I'm not, I'm not speaking for him, but I guarantee you we're talking. We have a totally different discussion right now if that went on. And I'm tell and with all the money coming off the books, you're telling me you, you, you don't want to fork up an extra, really, when it comes down to like an extra, whatever, forty million dollars for Anthony Rizzo over five years. Get out of here! You got to be kidding me! Especially when the evalu the, the valuation goes up, all this type of stuff. It could have been avoided. It's why we're doing the clubhouse right now. It's why I'm pissed off. It's why I'm pissed off. Adam muted me from this stream. Um, it sucks. Uh, but uh, I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you. Hang in there. Thank you. One
5: more.
0: Mike, last guy. What's up?
5: Oh, sorry. I was on mute there, everyone. But uh, hey, uh, first of all, uh, looking at my uh, newly framed Morale Supply Co. poster that just showed up. So thank you all for putting that together. The prints are beautiful. Awesome. Um, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I'm, I'm in a bit of a somber, kind of sad mood today just because I'm thinking about the whole situation from a standpoint of just like, you know, like Occam's razor, this situation, like what is the most simple explanation? And the most simple explanation is just that they genuinely are not planning on resigning anyone before the season. And I, I, you, you raised the possibility of what is everybody up for trade. And I do think everybody is going to be up for trade at the trade deadline for sure. All of all of the big four. And I think we have for to sure. look at it from a, from a business standpoint where they're hoping like, well, maybe someone has just an outstanding season and we can get a big haul for them at the trade deadline. And they're hoping maybe that they can snag two, maybe three of them with qualifying offers that they can come in after a good, bigger season. But I just think it's, I don't don't know. And maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's an incredibly risky bet to hedge for them to just bank on having enough revenue in the season and getting all that money in there and being able to extend those large qualifying offers to upwards of possibly four star players. Like you can't, you can't bet on that. So like, are they just, I mean, are they just not planning on moving forward with all four? Is that just completely out of the realm of possibility for them?
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's a good question. I've always said that I don't think they're going to resign everyone. I think, I mean, I've been saying it recently as well, like the likes of Chris Bryant getting re-signed, I think are super low, especially after today. I think they're super low. I think there's just no
5: chance at all anymore that I, yeah, I just we that don't we come out it. with all four. Like maybe two, maybe three. I, yeah, um, I, but yeah. they're just banking they're just they, they they're like no, we're not we're we're keeping all four of them available as assets to possibly trade or re-sign if they have a bad season. We can low ball them with a qualifying offer and it's just a, it's just it just feels gross from a fan standpoint.
1: Yeah, I think the nervous thing too about it is that when you <laughs> put yourselves in a situation where you're negotiating against 29 other teams instead of just you and the player, that's where it gets really risky. And, and again, especially with how, like, the mobility of players' careers are and how it is much more uh, common for a player to play on many different teams, it, which is why the whole thing is special with Rizzo, potentially same for his whole career. Again, I know he played for the Padres, but for almost his whole career – You know, you're Chris Bryant. Now you're like, well, if they're not going to resign, if they're not going to you know, pay Rizzo, uh, which is. What am I doing here? You're just paying. You're just trying to play the best you can and then potentially get traded in July, which the fact that we're having this conversation and that same conversation can be uh, parallel to many players now after today. And again, I know a lot of people have seen it. They're they're like, you know what? They're probably not going to resign. An extension might not get done. I get it, but I was just hoping personally for me that one would get done and we can solidify some type of team moving forward into 22, 23, and 24. And unfortunately today that's not the case. And when we come to July, I mean, you're t- I know Adam said it, but man, you if the team doesn't go well and you're talking about players uh, playing well personally, it's all up for grabs after that. And I think a lot of teams who are in the cut, like you're talking about a Dodgers. The I mean, the Dodgers have proven they're just going to spend as much money as they want. What's to, what's to say that if they need to fill a hole, that they're not going to go out and sign uh, a guy to a contract with a large AAV and a uh, you know, short-term deal? Who says that's not going to be the case for uh, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez? You don't know that, and it, it's very, very possible now that the, the cat's out of the bag now. The cat is totally out of the bag. With all these guys going into their you know walkier with no contract,
5: uh yeah, pretty much can't really uh add anything else to that.
1: That's all I got, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it.
5: Thank you all as well
0: thanks, Mike. All right, Fred, wrap us up. Maybe can you give me a little bit of glimmer of hope, uh, something so I can can't end this morale? Call with just doom and gloom? Something?
3: Yeah, Fred. Don't we have some morale coming? I thought you're the director. Is some, of Morale. There is some big news coming. I'm not gonna lie. I'm smirking
1: right now. I am driving <laughs> my car. There, there's some big news coming. I'm not gonna lie. Big morale news. Everyone's saying, "Well, Fred, you were supposed to say big news today, and then you literally dropped that Anthony Rizzo's not gonna resign. And he got lowballed for his, uh, you know, contract extension." I clarified that I said last night. It's big morale news. Big morale news is on the way probably within the next, I don't know, two weeks at most, um, which I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. Uh, it's not it doesn't have anything to do with any extensions, but overall, there is some big morale news coming, and I think a lot of people are going to be excited about it. That's the main takeaway. Cubs baseball is going to be on the air on Thursday. This week's a busy, busy week for me. Um, but I'm, I'm fired up to, you know, get people back in the federal landmark. And if you're at the federal landmark on Thursday, send me the pictures of the troughs because I miss them dearly. And I can't wait to, uh, go shoulder, shoulder myself. This is a recent memory. Everything's happened. Trades, departures. Resignations, speculations, lowball offers, disrespect, receipts. I get it. It wasn't ideal. And as someone who tries to bring the positive vibes and get the morale pumping, this offseason simply wasn't conducive to that. And if you're already checked out on this season, Don't bother listening to the end of this. End the video right now because if there's anything I just said, anything that discourages you to watch some baseball at 1060 West Addison, if anything I just said made your backbone crumble like a goddamn peanut shell under the stands at the Federal Landmark, this isn't made for you. Because let me get out in front of this right now. Again, I know it's been hard. I know things have been tough, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. If competitive athletics were simple, everyone would be a superstar. And if taking arrows in your back for positively supporting a team, being confident about your city, about the players, about the fan base, the community, what this place is all about, if doing that was easy... Maybe it wouldn't make you a saint, but it would make you a goddamn dom. I'm proud of all of that. The exact same way I'm proud of this group, proud of this team, to the point where even though the offseason has been hard, even though things are up in the air, I'm here to give it my all, here to lock into 162, here to get fired up about the opportunities ahead to back these guys, which what could be easily the last time. Cause I don't know about you, but watching the goddamn Chicago Cubs fires me up. I don't know about you, but taking it to the Wisconsin Brewers in Wrigley North, giving away Subway season tickets gets me going. And I don't know about you, but watching the Cincinnati Dick Ballers give up home run after home run to the point where their mascot, Johnny Redlegs, I don't even know his name, literally the ball. What's his name? The giant dick ball who walks around the stadium, wondering whether or not he's the next ball to be sent across the Ohio River into someone's backyard into Kentucky. And again, if anything I just said doesn't make you want to run out of your dorm room, apartment, condo, home, or doghouse for all I care, especially for the last time, if that doesn't get your heart beating a little bit quicker, Michael Wilbon's on the other line, and I'll go a cappella. If you think I'm going to apologize for getting a little pep in my step because I'm about to go shoulder to shoulder in a fresh trough for the first time in 18 months, sue me for embracing that it's just different here. Comes in four, I don't care we play. Uh, But that's all I have for everyone. Thanks for joining us, Um, and uh, God bless you and your family comes in four even though today's tough it still comes in four
4: I don't care who we play I
1: don't care who we play see you guys see you everyone thank you